Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrooks.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hello and welcome to Qatar for the Game Day World Cup podcast with me, Sam Matterface, alongside Talk Sports football correspondent Alex Crook and European football expert, German worshipper, lover of everything Bundesliga, Kevin Hatchard. What a day to get him on. Every day when you wake up, you will have a little bite-sized delivery from the World Cup, bringing you a roundup of all the day's action and discussing all of the upcoming games. The top stories, a chaotic and brilliant night of World Cup football, beautifully put by the Times this morning. The ball stays in and the Germans go out. Will Hansi get the flick? A Mitoma night's dream as Japan beats Spain to win Group E. Martinez exits as Morocco madness means Belgium are out and Croatia sneak through. It's all on the Game Day World Cup podcast from TalkSport. Eins, zwei, drei, vier. And there is the full-time whistle. And for the first time ever, Germany exit the World Cup at the group stage. It's a German team that hasn't done well for quite some time. I mean, obviously, they crashed out of the World Cup in Russia. The feeling in Germany is this is not a team that can achieve really something at the World Cup. Oh, what a goal from Asano! And Japan have turned it around! There's no enthusiasm about that World Cup. I think when that cliche of Germany at a tournament is employed, I don't think it should be employed with this current group of German players. We are not a team, that's the problem. I'm empty. Uh, it's a feeling, it's the same exact feeling I had four years ago in Russia. The full-time whistle is blown. Germany are out of the World Cup after one of the most thrilling, enthralling, and captivating nights this competition has seen. Germany, which they have won the World Cup four times, two times in a row from the group stage, that's that's history. That has never happened before. Stop all the clops. They're out. Germany for a second World Cup in a row. I mean, Kevin, you couldn't have predicted it. And actually, I must admit, there was a point last night where I was sitting in the stadium watching Spain versus Japan where I turned to the producer and went, you're not going to believe this, but Spain and Ger- right now, Spain and Germany are out. And he said, he goes, this is ridiculous. This is amazing. What a night of World Cup football. And then we stopped for a second and thought, hold on a second. Do we really want a World Cup last 16 without Spain and Germany? And the answer is probably no. It was a brilliant night, but this is a catastrophic exit for Germany, isn't it? Yeah, it is, Sam. And it, it's born of that uh, original game against Japan. And that kind of underlined the problems they've had at the tournament, which have been a lack of ruthlessness in front of goal. Um, They've made chance after chance after chance in terms of the underlying data. They've been 
arguably the best attacking team in terms of creating chances at the, the whole ex- tournament. Ex- the, big, the largest XG in the tournament so far, is that right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, I think from the numbers I saw, double that of England. But we've seen that England have been ruthless in front of goal and Germany simply haven't. Um, and the other problem that we knew they had going into the tournament was the vulnerability in transition and the defensive problems. And and that's been underlined as well. Crazy mistakes, wrong lineups. There's a lot of talk in Germany about whether it was the right decision to leave Matt Hummels at home. And now, obviously, that looks like a really bad decision. And, you know, I, I think in many other tournaments they find a way through. They probably score a winner against Spain. Lee Rosano had a fantastic chance, which he didn't take. So there are big problems, but for me, it's not a root and branch review. It's not rip it all up and start again. I think some players will move on, but Manuel Neuer says he wants to stay. Thomas Muller was a bit more, uh, a bit more realistic maybe about how long he can go on for. But with a few tweaks here and there, I, I still think they can be competitive at this level. It's a good advert for uh, FIFA not messing around with the format of this competition, A, by introducing more teams and therefore less jeopardy uh, in the group stage, and B, this nonsense idea to scrap draws and decide matches by penalties because the reason this group was so tight um, yesterday was because of that draw um, between Spain and Germany on match day two. But you're right, it was incredible drama. Um, I, I do think Kev's got a lot to answer for here because four years ago, I distinctly remember him telling me that Timo Werner uh, would win the golden boot and I parted with my hard-earned cash. Germany went out in the group stage. This year, he tipped up Musiala for the golden boot. I mean, let's be honest, if he was still out there now, he still wouldn't have found the back of the net, Musiala. So I think Kev certainly can uh, claim some responsibility for the German demise. Right, so no. first thing is I tipped up Musiala as a back to lay, as you well know, because he was 140 to one. So he for a reason, a he yeah, can't but finish. But he'd only need a couple of goals. He hit the post twice against Costa Rica. Look, he was tremendous, actually. Uh, all joking aside, he was actually by far their best player. Um, sensational in all of his games. But it's a strange one, because if you look at his performances for Bayern, he's banging them in left, right and centre. So just didn't find that finish. And against Japan, he did make himself a couple of big opportunities and that would have made all the difference because it was only that late collapse against Japan that ultimately got them behind the eight ball. I I still think there were some decent performances in there, but there are big problems as well. I I think Hansi Flick goes into this tournament as a, a guy with a really big reputation and rightly so for everything he did at Bayern, but he has big questions to answer. He didn't take Hummels. That didn't work out. He made some really strange decisions at right back. Playing Kimmich there, I think the idea was to have a stream of crosses against Costa Rica, but you miss him when he's not in midfield. You look at the defenders individually and they're decent, but they've never found the right combination. I don't think Rudiger had a great tournament, to be honest. And then you look at some of his decisions in midfield. He took off Goretzka against Costa Rica. Well, I understood that because he had an injury. But Gundogan went off as well. Suddenly they had no shape, no structure whatsoever. And you go back to the game against Japan and Goretzka didn't start. And I think they suffered as a result of that. So big problems, but I still think Hansi Flick's the right man to take them forward. 
Yeah, I think there was a few scratchings of heads once we saw the team sheet and realised that Fulcrew wasn't playing. Muller was playing as the focal point and Kimmich had been moved out to right back and everyone was like, well, on a second, Klosterman played quite well in the game against Spain. Why on earth would you make that decision? Um, it was a decision that ultimately backfired on Hansi Flick and Germany, even though uh, they won the game by four goals to two. There was too much jeopardy in that game. And if you're a top team that's going to go on and challenge for a tournament, you know, you can't be conceding two goals to Costa Rica. Costa Rica actually a little bit unlucky. They weren't a very good team at all, but caused problems uh, for Japan. Obviously beat them in the previous game and caused problems for, for Germany by just throwing everything at it. They're a little bit chaotic themselves, but actually, you know, at least they had a, a drive to go on and try and test a big European team, despite maybe not having a huge deal of quality. Um, Japan to Spain, one was the full-time score. I've got to talk about the Japanese coach, who, when I was in, I think, the same stadium, the Khalifa Stadium for the Japan-Germany uh, game, Changed it at half-time with a series of substitutions. Had an immediate effect. Mitoma coming on as a left wing-back. He'd done exactly the same again. Brought on Duan as well. Um, pushed him higher up and committed more men forward. They changed the shape at half-time. It, it was a flat-back five in that first half. And then when Mitoma came on in the start of the second half, they went a lot. he went a lot higher and wider. They went the same with Ito on the other side. And all of a sudden, they just had much more attacking threat, especially on the counter. And... It, I, I don't know what... It, I think he's got something, that coach. I really do. I think he's been incredibly impressive throughout the course of the tournament. They had a wobble with the team selection against Costa Rica and that actually backfired. But I thought the two games against the big nations, he's done brilliantly in. Yeah, I think you're right. And uh, it was history repeating, wasn't it? Um, with the way that the games panned out. Um, and they caught Spain cold, much in the way they caught Germany cold in the second half in the first game. Obviously, there's been a huge amount of debate about was the ball in or was it out? I think there's a, a picture that you flagged up, Sam, um, on the front page of this morning's Times that shows it was just about in. But credit to Matoma, one of those players who came on in the second half because most players would have given up on that ball um, and accepted it was going behind for a goal kick. He didn't do that. He stretches every sinew to get there. Still has the mindset to hook it back into a dangerous area. And uh, in the end, it's bundled in from point-blank range. But I think uh, Japan have been well worthy of uh, not only going through, but of, of topping the group. I think they've got a fearlessness about them. They play exciting football. Um, they play front foot football. They've got bags of pace. So credit to them. And uh, the, the emotional scenes at the end of the game, all the players spilling onto the pitch. Fans were in tears, actually, when they equalised, let alone when they got the winner. And then they were cleaning up the stadium um, at full time. So they've been a brilliant advert for this World Cup. Um, from the 80th to the 83rd minute of uh, Costa Rica's match against Germany at the Albert Stadium, it meant that um, Spain were going out of the tournament. Um, it's a good job that nobody told Luis Enrique, who said afterwards, if I'd have known, I would have had a heart attack. Was it odd that they didn't have a connection to the game and didn't understand what was happening elsewhere, Kevin, do you think? Really strange. Uh, and uh, a lack of professionalism also. You need to be across that all all moments because it, it does affect how things go. I mean, if they'd have suddenly needed to show more intensity, I mean, they, it didn't seem to me, I know they made a, I was mainly concentrating on the Germany game for obvious reasons, but there was, there was one late chance for Spain, wasn't there? But they didn't create a huge amount in the closing no. stages of that game. And I, I think they come out of the group stage with big questions, I think. I worry about Wounded the goalkeeper. Slightly, I would say. Wounded yeah, I think slightly. so. 
I think so. Yes, they hammered Costa Rica, but that was a very curious, strange Costa Rica performance. I didn't think Spain were great against Germany, and I think Germany could have legitimately won that game. And obviously, they've lost to Japan. And you look at the the back line, you look at Uno Simon in goal, and I think there are alarm bells. I think Uno Simon makes mistakes. I think he may, may be you know, with the ball at his feet, is careless sometimes. So I... Sometimes. I, yeah, well, well, look, it, it's a difficult one with him because he gets asked to make a lot of risky passes and that's what Luis Enrique wants to do to yeah. draw teams on and beat the press. That's fine. But on top of that, there are careless moments when he plays passes he doesn't need to play or just gets it wrong. So I, I do think going forward against a really, really good side, they could get punished with that. Well, if you go back to the Croatia game from 2021 when they played, I mean, he caused a massive error which led to what was a very chaotic evening or afternoon uh, in which they had to drag themselves back from the brink. I do a lot of Spanish football and he always gives you a chance whenever he's playing for Athletic Bilbao. He always gives you a chance in a game. And he did that several times last night. And and he's not particularly brilliant with his feet. I I mean, he's he's competent with his feet, but he, he allows you a player to come right on top of him before he releases the ball. And that sometimes causes serious issues because he gives it, gives it away. And he's not particularly good with his hands. I mean, the shot from Duan was all right. I mean, it was yeah, a cracker. So he thumped it, but it's gone through his hands. Yeah. It, it was, it wasn't great goalkeeping. So I think that is a, I mean, that's, a, that's going to be something that I think Luis Enrique Martinez ends up being asked about quite a lot later on in the tournament, if they go out, because he's left David De Gea at home and whether or not you think we all know David De Gea's best skills are not with his feet. The truth is, is that he is a very good shot stopper. And, and there are other goalkeepers are David Rea and Robert Sanchez playing for Brighton and Brentford with all due respect. You know, that surely there's a goalkeeper somewhere at the top of Spanish football, or the top of uh, the Premier League or top of any uh, top five league that is actually playing just slightly better than, than one of those three. Uh, Canada won, Morocco two. What a story this is. Morocco reached the uh, knockout stages by topping Group F. It's the first time they've qualified uh, for the last 16 and 36 years group. Yeah, it's a coupon buster, isn't it? If you're picking out the, the, the eight winners uh, of the groups at the start of the tournament, not too many of us would have had Morocco top, probably even less uh, would have had uh, Japan on top. Uh, let me just send away room service. I'm okay at a minute, thank you. Oh, make sure that... Uh, have, they got, have they got to refill your coffee machine? Do you want them to come and fluff up your pillow? Can you come back in half an hour? Thank you. I do need more coffee. Make um, it 45 minutes. Uh, even fewer would have had Japan to top their group. So um, so there'll be a few people that will be disappointed this morning. Um, Morocco, I think, worthy of, of their win. Canada are a weird side, aren't they? Um, I think they've brought quite a lot to this World Cup without winning a game. Obviously, they've scored a goal at the tournament for the first time. But their tactical awareness, their in-game management is non-existent because they, uh, they, they just pile bodies forward. Um, and hope for the best. I think Morocco use that to their advantage. Hakim Ziyech is, is quietly having a, a, a decent tournament, a different player than we see at Chelsea. And I think there'll be a handful, actually, in the round of 16 for Spain. I think they've got a little bit about them. Um, our producer, Lucy, um, put on our running order this morning. Pathetic. Canada exit the tournament, suffering three successive defeats and not registering a single point. 
maybe a little bit harsh on the fact they haven't been to the World Cup since 1986, uh, but they are, as is suggested, easy to play against. Um, they must be easy to play against because talking of coupon uh, boosters, busters, um, Hakim Ziyech has been uh, pretty impressive for Morocco and that was some goal. It was tremendous. I mean, it's a dreadful goalkeeping error, but to have the technique to be able to nail that, you know, lift it over the goalkeeper in the way that he did was superb. And we're seeing more of the Ziyech that helped Ajax get to the semi-finals of the Champions League back in 2019. He is a, a quality player. And I think what we're seeing is that decision to get rid of Hale Hodzic, the coach, and replace him with Rigagi has been a, a really good decision because they look a more harmonious unit. Uh, they've brought in players that had fallen out with Hale Hodzic before. And I do think it's a team with m- momentum. And I think it's a team that's solid. They've got a great goalkeeper. And I think they'll just let Spain have the ball and say, OK, you have the ball. You see if you can break us down. And we've got quality on the counter. We've got speed on the counter. And we've shown as well at set plays we can do damage. So I don't think this is going to necessarily be that easy for Spain. Croatia nil, Belgium nil. Blubbering Belgium head home, ranked second in the world. <laughs> but finishing a disappointing third in the group. Um, I mean, you can't blame it all on um, Romelu Lukaku, but how many opportunities did he have to win that game, Alex? Well, the only time he managed to hit the target was when he punched the dugout on his way off. Um, I mean, (laughs) it's inexplainable, really, um, that he managed to miss so many uh, golden opportunities and as a result the so-called golden genera- generation and I'm not sure they were that golden in the first place go home Roberto Martinez is, is looking for uh, a new job and Belgium are looking for a new coach I don't think we're that shocked credits you Sam you picked out Belgium uh, in the pre-match podcast the pre-tournament podcast as a team that could struggle and uh, could flop and you've been proved absolutely right and it's a massive rebuild job now isn't it for whoever comes in to replace Martinez. Yeah, what happens to Martinez next? Because he's been in charge of the Belgium side since 2016. He's the sort of technical director there as well, isn't he? And, yeah, they finished third in 2018 at the World Cup, but never really lived up to their potential, Kevin. Yeah, but I think I, I think Crook's right. I think we overestimate the, the value of this golden generation thing. I, I think the job he did, if you look at it in its entirety was absolutely fine. He took over from a team that had just been embarrassed by Wales in Euro 2016. Mark Vilmots went. Martinez came in, got to a semi-final of a World Cup, beat Brazil at a World Cup, went out to the eventual winners. Uh, in the Euros, they went out to the eventual winners when they were beaten by Italy. So yes, fine margins. They've gone out of tournaments, but he's qualified for every tournament. That's not always a given. Italy will tell you that. And I just think even a, even a team with Pete De Bruyne, Pete Azar, Pete Courtois, Pete Lukaku, was that squad ever the best in Europe? No. Was it ever the best in the world? And I think the answer is no. I think it's a squad that could have been competitive at that level, but had no divine right to win anything. And the other thing I think you could say about him was that he failed to refresh the squads. He failed to move away from the players that had served him so well earlier. And I think that's really been the problem this time around, especially defensively, where they've looked all over the place. We were having quite a heated debate about this um, over a beer after the game, uh, after the late games. 
And uh, I said to Adrian Durham, if you compare this so-called golden generation to England's golden generation, how many of the Belgian players get into the England team? I reckon three. Courtois, De Bruyne and Hazard. So I think Kev's absolutely right. I think to get them to a World Cup semi-final, actually, is a fairly big achievement for Roberto Martinez. Adrian completely disagreed. And actually, it was Kev's tweet last night that prompted the debate. He thought Kev was talking nonsense. Well, um, I think... I I actually think that with a core of a team like that, enough can be done to build around them to make them a little bit more um, entertaining, more competitive. The... I think whenever they seem to have played a big game, they, they've had an inferiority complex. I remember speaking to Roberto Martinez the day after the semi-final against France, and it was very sort of like, oh, well, look, we tried our best. And I feel like, no, you've got very, very good players. You had a really good chance in the game to go in and win that match. In fact, weren't they leading in that game at one stage in the semi-final of the, the last World Cup? I think Lukaku scored and then France scored twice. I don't know if that's true or not. I can't remember. But even though it was a very tight game, I thought, no, you should be absolutely gutted and disappointed about this. Maybe he is and he's just very good at hiding it. But I just thought, I don't know. I, I thought there was always something a little bit more to come from Belgium. They never really quite lived up to their potential for me. I think they were unlucky in certain times as well because... Key players got injured just before big tournaments, which robbed them of De Bruyne's at his best during the Euros, for example, last year, even though he sort of tried to, to continue. Um, Lukaku obviously has just gone out of form at the wrong time on this occasion, so couldn't play in the first couple of group games with any real impact. But yeah, I think there'll be people back in Belgium who, who think that Roberto Martinez is flattered to deceive. I don't think it helps the way that he comes out and tells everybody how wonderful his team have played and have been, and then they don't deliver. Sometimes I feel like he's living in a different land to everybody else. Uh, right, let's move on to uh, today's games, big games for Serbia and Switzerland, Ghana and Uruguay, and I'll be off to Brazil versus Cameroon. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. He's going to square it, big chance! Jumper Moting! 3-3! Cameroon have got two goals in two 
side, swinging the cross, Richarlison overhead kick! What a goal! One of the greatest in World Cup history! Of course we are going to win the World Cup! Vini! Vini Junior! Catch for the shot! It's 2-1! If anyone was in any doubt whatsoever of what sort of side this Serbian team are, they are a tough outfit. They're very, very well organised. Shakiri gets it across the face of Goen Bolo for Switzerland. Of course, it's a dream, for sure. I mean, we have not the quality, maybe, player by player, like Brazil, for example, or England as well. But like a team, you are very strong. So as expected, Brazil have already booked their place in the round of 16, but things a little bit more hanging in the balance for their opponents, Cameroon. I think we should talk a little bit about the goalkeeping situation here, Kevin, because Andre Anana has gone home, having been sent back for disciplinary reasons. He fell out with Rigobert's song. Now, the story behind it is, is that in the game against, um, I think it was Switzerland earlier in the tournament, he started to play like he was a sweeper. He, he would bring the ball out almost to the edge of the centre circle and then try and become sort of a, a playmaker. Obviously, he, he played at Barcelona, so he thinks he's pretty good with his feet. He played at Ajax, pretty good, good with his feet, and he's been able to do that there. But Rigobert Song has said, no, look, we don't really want you to do that, fella. Is there any chance that you could be a little bit safer? He said no. They had a full-blown row. Rigobert Song said, if you don't like it, you can pack your bags. He said, okay, then. There was also other stuff about you should play him and not him. And Onana had quite a vocal opinion about who should be in the team. But it's a bit of a meltdown to have, isn't it? After just one game. And it's got to be some big row if Onana decides that he'd rather go back to Yaoundé than play in a World Cup against Brazil. Yeah. Uh, and it, especially when you bear in mind that Onana is making up for lost time because he had all of that time out after the doping ban that he picked up in very unfortunate circumstances, but they're the rules. And so that's why he had to stay on the sidelines for as long as he did. And Cameroon have been here before. They've had bust-ups before. Um, they've had off-field drama before. And it's a real shame. I, I do think Rigobert Song, much as I liked him as a Liverpool fan, uh, I think his coaching has left a lot to be desired, quite frankly. I, I think that it seems to me that Cameroon are kind of operating on vibes a lot of the time uh, and they've got amazing players going forwards, but I don't know how much structure is there. I think defensively there's, there've been real problems, um, but Abubakar was brilliant in the, in the last game against Serbia that they have managed to get good performances out of Shupa Moting, who went into the tournament on good form but you fear for them against Brazil. They're capable of scoring goals and making chances, although Brazil have been outstanding defensively so far. It's going to be a much rotated Brazilian team. So I think this one could be fun, but I can't see Cameroon getting what they need. Yeah, Rigobert Song actually had some health issues, didn't he, a couple of years ago. And uh, there was sort of concerns about him in the build-up to the tournament because he was reading out a list of, of players who had made the cut. And there's a video that sort of, where he's sort of looking at the paper and he's struggling to read the names of his own players, which was a little bit concerning, I think, for a lot of people. And, you know, we do hope that there's nothing more in that other than, you know, he's just you know, the difficult names to read. Um, but Brazil um, are going to start with Danny Alves as the right back and captain tonight at 39 years of age, the oldest 
captain, the oldest Brazil player to ever play at a World Cup. Uh, do you sort of look around the rest of the tournament at some of the ageing players that may have played for some nations a little closer to home whose limbs aren't really up to it at uh, 32 and 33 and then think, wow, Danny Alves, that's how you run your body? Yeah, same with Pepe, who we're going to see in action for Portugal uh, in the game that I'm commentating against uh, South Korea uh, because I thought he was absolutely excellent um, a couple of months shy of his 40th birthday when he came in against Uruguay. So you're right there. There are certain golden oldies in this tournament that are putting other golden oldies um, to shame. But in terms of the game itself, I agree with Kev. I think uh, even though they're going to be rotated, I think Brazil will have too much. I think they'll keep another clean sheet and I think they'll go through um, as group winners with a 100% record and uh, no no other team in this tournament have won all three games yet. So um, I think that tells you that whoever is going to lift the trophy is probably going to have to take out Brazil somewhere along the way. Yeah, uh, Serbia must win to have any chance of qualifying. Switzerland will qualify if they do win. A draw is enough for them if Cameroon don't beat Brazil, which seems unlikely. Um, but Switzerland, Serbia... Serbia coach Dragan Stojkovic, when asked if they are facing a side with the precision of Swiss watches, said, we'd really like to talk about their cheese and find out their weak spots, the holes, to get a result. Great answer. Is, it, is, that, is that the best answer at a press conference so far? Quite, quite, no, no, no. Quite no, no, possibly. No, no, no. Come on, Lewis, and, and, and when a press conference he was on Twitch talking about um, the uh, sex lives of his uh, squad and... Uh, uh, yeah. Louis van Gaal has been particularly entertaining so far. So it's in, it's in the top three, I think. It's in the top three. Um, Ghana-Uruguay, which kicks off a little bit earlier. Diego Alonso switched to back five from the defeat against Portugal. Will he revert to a more attacking formation? Because they need to beat Ghana, don't they, if they're going to go through in second place here, Kevin? Yeah, it's it's been a really curious one, I think, from Uruguay, because I think we've... Uh, again, like Germany, really, you know, so many nearly moments, you know, they've hit the frame of the goal. Uh, Valverde had that rocket that that hit the hit the woodwork against South Korea. They have been disappointing in, in some ways, but I thought they played quite well against Portugal, made some chances. Bentancourt had that opportunity at nil-nil that maybe he should have made more of. I think they've been okay and they're in position to qualify. I think the one thing they've got to do is find a way of stopping Mohamed Kudus, who I think has been tremendous in this tournament so far. When he gets between the lines, he can do real damage. He's playing further forward now than he was right at the start of the tournament. And Ghana do have that attacking quality. So I think Uruguay won't come out all guns blazing, I don't think. I think they'll look to contain Ghana to start with and then hope to make a push later in the game. They have the quality to do that. You need to get Darwin Nunez in in areas where he can do damage. I don't think they've done that enough because he is a wrecking ball. Uh, but you need to get him into positions where he can do that damage. So I think this is an absolutely fascinating game. I love the fact that Luis Suarez was referred to by the uh, Ghanaian reporter as the devil uh, yeah. before, <laughs> before the question. Uh, but I think he relishes that. Suarez, I think he relishes the whole pantomime villain thing. Uh, I think he just doesn't care what people think. And I'll be fascinated to see if he starts because that could really rile Garner up and in a way completely unbalance them. 
Yeah, and look, I mean, you do wonder what he's going to do next. In 2010, he had the handball. 2014, he sunk his teeth into Giorgio Chiellini. Um, then it's not a World Cup without a Luis Suarez story, is he? Uh, so we'll see how he leaves his mark on this at the age of 35. Uh, Ghana against Uruguay. Uh, one of two games this afternoon at three o'clock. South Korea against Portugal. South Korea basically can qualify if they win and the other result goes their way. Portugal, they're through. They've still got a chance of dropping into second in the group, but it seems unlikely. Um, Portugal left back Nuno Mendes has been ruled out due to that thigh injury that he's sustained during the Uruguay match. He had to come off during that game. It's a bit of a shame, really, because he's quite a, a lively young player and one for the future. Um, but South Korea, have, have you been a little bit disappointed with them, Crook? Yeah, I think I have, um, to be honest, particularly in the game against a, a poor Uruguay side. I think both of those nations have probably underachieved and I actually expect Ghana um, to come through. I think they'll beat Uruguay and therefore they'll take uh, second place in the group. Portugal expected to make changes. You mentioned the enforced one. It's a real shame because I think he played well. Um, in, in their second game but Guerrero's a pretty capable replacement in all honesty does Ronaldo start I think he'll want to uh, because he has uh, another opportunity to equal Eusebio's goal scoring record at World Cups of nine Eusebio got all nine in his only World Cup by the way in uh, 1966 and all eight of Ronaldo's goals have come in the group stage um, so a couple of quite interesting stats for you but there is a reason for Portugal to want to get the job done get the point they need to win the group because they won't really want to play Brazil in the round of 16. No they certainly won't and uh, team selection is very important to uh, Fernando Santos and Pepe was articulating that another brilliant press conference move uh, he said uh, the coach has been talking to us about salad you have to have all the right ingredients you cannot have all the tomatoes on one side and all the onions on the other that wouldn't work. To prepare the best salad, you have to mix all the right ingredients together. How inspirational. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, he's bang on. I, I adopt exactly the same approach. All the salad, uh, sorry, all the tomatoes are left uh, on the buffet plate and all the chips are on my plate. That explains you, a lot. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, and you wonder why you don't ever get out of the group stage. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> okay. We will be back with you tomorrow uh, with Scott Minto, Alex and I talking a little bit about uh, what happened with Brazil, but also I think probably focusing quite heavily on what is going to happen in the first knockout games because it's a very quick turnaround. Friday night, all the group games will finish Saturday. We're into the last 16. It's a, a strange scenario. Usually there's at least a day's gap between the last group matches and the start of the last 16, but different here in, in, in Doha. Uh, and England play on Sunday night against Senegal. We've got some other cracking games, including the Netherlands against the USA, which I think is going to be a really good match. And um, the still the prospect of Portugal or Ghana or Uruguay against Brazil. And, and whatever one of those ends up being the fixture, that will be a corker as well. Um, but as we've said, I think previous on this podcast, the way it's shaping up right now, the last date is going to be incredibly heavyweight. Anyway, uh, Kev, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Uh, Alex, thank you very much for your time. No problem, Kev. Cheers for hitting the target, unlike Musiala. Could I, uh, Musiala is the top scorer in the Bundesliga with 12 goals this season. He's 19 years of age. Give the guy a break, you absolutely ruthless human individual. Um, <laughs> the, uh, is there any chance that you could... Like going to the light today, or why is it that you're living in a velvet prison there? Every time we see you now, you're in the darkness. Why is that? Why don't you? Is there is this something wrong with opening your curtains? 
Yeah, I could try that actually. Maybe I might do that as a treat for you tomorrow morning. You see the highway um, that uh, that we're overlooking here in the uh, luxurious Talksport team hotel. We, we don't really care about the highway. We just want to be able to see you when you're talking. The whole point of you being on a Zoom call is so we can see your face. It's like doing a podcast with somebody in witness protection. It's really strange. Yeah. <laughs> You've never said you want to see my face before, Sam. So listen, we've been here 17 days and obviously your affection for me is growing. So I appreciate that. See you tomorrow. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds, we set them. Form guides, we've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.